Welcome back to the conclusion of Pastor Tim's Easter message, The Heart of Easter, from Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 36. When the two disciples walked along the road to Emmaus, they were joined by the resurrected Christ. The Bible says that starting in the Old Testament, Jesus explained to them the scriptures and how they related to him. Then the Bible says that their hearts burned within them. If you will give Jesus your heart, he will make it warm towards the things that really matter in life. Here's Pastor Tim. So, so how does that work? How do you get an understanding heart? Two things. Number one, turn your heart by truth. Turn your heart by truth. You're not trying to turn or to change your heart in some way to, to try to change it from being unsettled to being understanding, from being unbalanced to being understanding, simply by twisting it yourself, by discussing it with your friends, by reading self-help books. Instead, you're only going to get there by the truth. The truth of God's Word is what will help you. These verses that we're looking at, I want you to just kind of get the gist of what's going on. Let's pick up our reading in verse number 15. So it was, while they conversed and reasoned, that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. In other words, they didn't know that was Jesus. And he said to them, what kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? Then the one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known the things which happened there in these days? Our terminology would be, did you just crawl out from under a rock? <laughs> I mean, how do you not know what's been going on? And then the Bible says this, Jesus said to them, what things? And they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death, and they crucified him. But we were hoping, there's that wishful thinking, we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb earlier astonished us. When they did not find his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. But him they did not see. And Jesus said to them, O oh, foolish ones, and slow of heart, slow to believe in all that the prophets have spoken, ought not the Christ have suffered these things and entered into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. 
And they drew near to the village where they were going, and he indicated that he would have gone farther. But they restrained him or constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to stay with them. Now it came to pass, as he sat at the table with them, that he took bread, blessed, and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they knew him. It's incredible. It's truth. I mean, they had, they had the story down. They had some of the facts down. But they didn't have the truth down. They needed to hear from Jesus. Beginning in Genesis and working his way all the way to Malachi. Where the Son of God, God the Son... The one whom God demonstrated his own love toward them by him dying on the cross. How he fit into all of those passages, into all of those scriptures. He is their creator. He is their sustainer. He is their deliverer. He is their savior. He is their redeemer. He is everything that God had promised. He is everything that they had needed. He is everything that they will ever, ever, ever need. And they need to hear it from the Word of God itself. From the living Word of God Himself. What a difference. What a difference that makes. What is it that can make a difference in a heart being so hardened? What is it that can make a difference in your life when you waffle between one response and another? It's not entertainment. It's not self-help. It's not exciting events. It's not catchy sayings. It is the truth. The truth that is found in God's Word. That's where you have hope. That's where you have life. That's where you find salvation. And that's where you'll find a heart that has great understanding and is greatly comforted. So you turn your heart by truth. Number two, you turn your heart toward trust. Turn your heart toward trust. You want your heart to be marked by belief, by faith. Truth leads to trust. Biblical facts lead to biblical faith. The scriptures lead a person to salvation. That's why Paul told that to Timothy. Timothy, you have known the Holy Scriptures from your childhood, which are able to make you wise unto salvation. These Scriptures that that you hold in your hand, these Scriptures that provide you with both hope for today and hope for forever, are designed so that you personally may have a relationship with God through the person and work of Jesus Christ. That's why it's there. That's why you have four men telling the story. When you know Him, 
you want to know Him more. When you learn something out of God's Word, you want to learn something else out of God's Word. Man, this, you know, a spiritual appetite is almost the exact opposite of a physical appetite. Some of you are sitting out there and you're going, man, I'm so hungry. Will he please get to the point? I know how the story ends. I'm hungry. And I'm going to stay hungry and I'm going to get hungrier until I get that Easter lunch in me. Right? And then when I get that Easter lunch, not like a regular lunch, an Easter lunch, I'm going to push myself away from the table and I'm going to be completely satisfied and probably take a nap. But if you sit here and I go on and on and on and on and you don't have a snack with you, now that's your fault, you should have brought a snack to church, but you got to bring enough for everybody, right? All right, you're going to get hungry. You're going to be hungrier and hungrier. And then the person in the seat next to you is going to wonder if there's a bear that you brought with you. Right? <laughs> spiritual hunger doesn't work that way. If you have a spiritual hunger, a spiritual appetite, you want to know God's Word, you want to know God, you want to know Jesus. And it just lingers. You don't do anything about it. You're not going to get hungrier. But yet, if you satisfy your hunger by diving deep into God's Word, by appropriating and applying those Scriptures to your own life, you're beginning to know Him and know Him intimately. Suddenly, you're going to want more. You're hungrier. You're thirstier. You want more and you cannot be satisfied. That's an understanding heart. A heart that knows, but a heart that is desperate to know even more. There's one more thing I want to tell you today. Because I want you to know, not only can you have an understanding heart, I mean, that's one thing, and, that, and, that, and that's great. If you have an understanding heart, that's, that's wonderful. Let's take it one step further. You can have an unfailing heart. You can have an unfailing heart. Webster's Dictionary says that unfailing means fulfilling all expectations. <laughs> well, Jesus does that and he does far more than that for his disciples and he'll do far more than that for you. Let's look at it together. Let's pick up right there in verse number 31. It says their eyes were opened, they knew Jesus, and then he vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? So they rose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together saying, The Lord is risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. And they told about the things that had happened on the road. And how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. Now as they said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said to them, Peace to you. Peace to you. You can have an unfailing heart. Let me tell you what that looks like. These two things. Number one, you can have a heart of passion. A heart of passion 
One like these disciples in, in, uh, in, in verse number 31 there where he says, or verse number 32 where he says that our hearts burned within us. Our hearts burned. They're, they're getting warm. They're getting hot for the things of God. As you spend time with Him in His Word, your heart's going to grow warm towards Him. Your heart's going to get hot towards Him. And you won't be able to stand it but that you obey. You won't be able to stand it, but that you share with somebody else. You won't be able to stand it, but that you spend time with the Lord. He'll give you a heart of passion that will not fail. And number two, you can have a heart of peace. A heart of peace. You know, earlier in this passage, we saw how the women, they... From that tomb, they, they ran straight to those disciples to tell them, to report to them what happened. And, and then we get to see the disciples run straight to the tomb, you know? And, and then we get to see these disciples run straight back to Jerusalem. You know, the Bible says that it was already very late. Remember how far it was from Jerusalem? It's seven miles. It's already late. It's going to be sure enough late by the time they get back to Jerusalem. But if you don't get anything else, get this today. The time to obey God is when God speaks. When God speaks. When your eyes are open to truth, that's the moment to obey it's not even to be able to sit there and say, well, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go down front today. When he gives that invitation, I'm going today. Some of you ought not wait that long. It doesn't bother me if you come up here to the altar. It doesn't bother me if you get up and go to the prayer room. It doesn't bother me if you bow right there in your seat and you begin to pray. Time to do business with God is when God speaks. And so the Bible says immediately, they left. They're not waiting till morning. They're not waiting till a convenient time. They're not waiting for somebody else's convenience either. They're simply responding to what they've done. And what is it that, that shows in their heart? It's peace. Peace, Jesus says, that I give to you. When I gave my heart to Jesus as a 17-year-old, you know, sitting on, the, <laughs> sitting on the log in the North Georgia mountains, reading my Bible, and asking Him, and the, I mean, the only words I really knew how to use, they were the words straight out of my heart, to ask Jesus to come in my heart and save me. You know what didn't happen? There weren't any fireworks. You know what didn't happen? There wasn't a preacher or a friend or a family member or anybody to come up and say, boy, Tim, that was awesome. That's the best decision you could ever make. There wasn't anybody who came and said, Tim, you know what you need to do now? You need to let people know. You know, you need to, you need to publicly... Declare that you have invited Jesus into your heart and you ought not be ashamed of it. I didn't have any of that. 
You know what I had? I had peace. Man, my heart was so broken just the day before. I mean, just the day before I felt hopeless. Just the day before I felt useless. Just the day before I had no future. And I asked Jesus in my heart. And my life changed for forever. For the very first time, it felt like that weight that I was carrying was just gone. You know why it felt like it was gone? Because it was gone. He wants to take your burdens. He wants to take your hopes. He wants to take your agenda. He wants to take you and make you His own. He will give you strength that you never thought that you had or needed. He will give you purpose that you never knew about. He will give you hope. He will be everything to you that you've ever needed. And way more than you ever expected. Would you bow your head and close your eyes with me? And let me ask you this very simple question. The same question I asked you earlier. What is your heart's condition? You have a heart condition. What is it? Is your heart hard towards the things of the Lord? I mean, never really wanting anything to do with it or with Him. Never really believing that any of this church stuff or anything that happens in your friends or family members' life is really real. If you'll take that hard heart and give it to Jesus, the Bible says that He takes a heart of stone, He replaces it with a heart of flesh. He'll give you a heart that is soft, a heart that cares. A heart that finally can give out love because a heart now that has received real love. If that's your condition. Just know this, your condition can change today. Maybe your heart's a little softer than that. I mean, you, I mean, you, you, you believe, I mean, at least in your head, you, you believe... You're kind of like these disciples. You just need a little help. Would you bring your fragile heart to Jesus and let Him strengthen it? Let Him care for it? Let Him be tender and compassionate with you? You can give that heart to Jesus today. Maybe you have a heart that, I mean, you, you know that you've been saved. You know it. You're living it. You love Him. You can't get enough of Him. Would you today just once again say, Jesus, I just, I just want to know and just be reminded that my heart belongs to you. That I'm yours and you are mine. Help me to live that life that pleases you. What should you do today?
to change the condition of your own heart. Jesus, thank you for loving us. Thank you for dying for us and taking that penalty of our sins on yourself even though you didn't deserve it. Thank you for loving us so much that you would make us aware of this truth. Thank you for loving us enough that you would, that your spirit would pick at us right now to let us know that, that there are things in our life that's just not right. And yet still want us, still want us in relationship with you. Still want us to be your child. Father, those hearts that need to be drawn to you for the first time, would you do that today? Those that need to be drawn a little bit closer, would you do that today? For those who need to say, I've asked Jesus to come in my heart. I really haven't made that public, but I want to do it today. Would you embolden their heart to do that in obedience to you today? Father, for those that they know you, they just struggle. Would you help this to be a fresh start for them? So they bring you their heart and let you just clean it up one more time. Father, bless these moments. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Would you stand with me where you are? I want to wait right down here. If you want to come and say, hey, Tim, I, I pray right there when you were praying. I prayed. I asked Jesus to come in my heart. I want you to come and tell me. Or maybe you were one of the ones that was there Friday night. And either you visited the Good News tent, or maybe you were one of the ones that raised their hand. You said, I asked Jesus to come in my heart. Well, come let somebody know. Okay, let me know. I'll, I'll help you. Okay? Maybe you want to plant your life in our church. Maybe there's something else I can pray with you about. Or maybe, really, you just want to go to the altar, either by yourself or with a friend. And you just want to spend time praying. Let's do that. Okay? Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is churchofficeatbrittdavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Britt David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Brit David Podcast.